I guess kind of sounds goofy, but we're high school sweethearts. We met before high school. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, she was the hot girl that was around some of the other guys that I didn't like. So that didn't go over well. But yeah, I think it was our end of our sophomore year. We got together and had a deal called the spring fling, which you know, all the high schoolers go out. I was injured, so I couldn't do nothing. So I sat up in the stands with the band students. and Which was uh, me. I was a band student. And uh, <laughs> we started just, you know, the up and down Main Street thing. And uh, I always say that uh, we were knocked up, but not out. We got our cart before the horse and got married at a very, very early age, 17, going into our senior year. Yeah. So I had a, I had a three month old baby when I graduated from high school. Hey, welcome to the Art of Spousing podcast. And thank you for taking time to listen to the show. We know your time is valuable. So we're so humbled that you would spend some of your time with us. So a lot has happened since the last time we were on this podcast. This past week, Hurricane Ian hit the West Coast of Florida and up to South Carolina, North Carolina. It's been pretty devastating. Absolutely. Thank you for friends checking on us. I had some of our Switzerland friends checking in on us and making sure we were okay. Thankfully, on the East Coast, we haven't felt the impact of that whatsoever, like the West Coast, but our West Coast neighbors, we're definitely praying for them. Area churches that we're connected to, just praying for them as they reach out and take care of the community. Yeah, absolutely. It was pretty amazing just to see the images of what's happening there. The only thing that Ian affected for us is we were supposed to have an event this past weekend called Ignite, a marriage and quipping event, and that has been rescheduled. Right. So uh, we're excited about doing that event in March. Yeah, March 11th, which gives us just more time, James, to get better at what we are going to share on because we're sharing on intimacy. That's right. Come on, somebody. So we have more time to prepare and practice for that. And more time for you to come up with stuff to make fun of me about. That's right. Do you need to get I said Mike more time to practice? More time to practice intimacy. (laughs) I got you there. I like that. I got that. Okay. Yeah. Hey, if you're listening in Southern California, uh, we're going to be there on Friday, October 14th at Southwest Church in Indian Wells, speaking at their Cultivate Date Night. I put the link in the show notes where you can get tickets. And if you are in that area, we'd love to say hey to you. I'm really excited about this. Number one, I do love California and I love meeting new people. So I am pumped about getting to know all of our new friends that are going to be like new friends in California. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We also wanted to invite you to subscribe to our new monthly newsletter. Look at us. Each month you will receive an email with links to the past month's blog post and podcast episodes along with our tips, experiences, and advice to strengthen your marriage delivered straight to your inbox. That's so fancy. I I think we're getting fancy. (laughs) You like that? I love it. So you can sign up in the link in the show notes, or you can email us at hello at art espousing. Just say, sign me up and we'll take care of the rest. Actually, James will take care of the rest. (laughs) (laughs) We're excited about today's guests. Grant and Stephanie Garner are new friends, and we really enjoy getting to know them. They have a ministry to married people called Forever With Purpose, where they empower marriages to maximize their vision and their purpose. They also are active podcasters, and I love the name of their podcast. The podcast is called Pillow Talk with Grant and Stephanie. So these guys are such a humble couple with a lot of years of wisdom, a beautiful marriage story. So proud of them and the work they're doing and thankful that God has crossed our paths with them. So there's some great stuff on this interview. If you're unfamiliar with the Enneagram, it's a tool of empathy. 
empathy that reveals some core motivations, which is going to just help our marriages strengthen and get stronger as we understand ourselves and understand each other. We have found it incredibly helpful as we're coaching couples because it provides the opportunity to identify some patterns in the way each spouse responds and behaves. And that way you can anticipate that a little bit more and prepare for responses That's right. Instead of reacting to them, this awareness positions a couple for incredible growth, increasing strength, and reducing the ways they are inadvertently weakening their relationship. So every other week, we release an episode like this one, where we interview a couple about the dynamics of their marriage relationship in light of the Enneagram. To update yourself with the Enneagram, we encourage you to go back and listen to Season 1, Episode 8, where Lisa gives an overview of the components of the Enneagram, and also listen to some of the other interviews as well. Before we jump into the conversation, we want you to hear about a powerful experience that we believe can take your marriage from good to great, or great to amazing. How do you like that, James? That's good. I like it. If you're looking for that one thing that could be the game changer for your relationship, then the Marriage Reboot Retreat is just for you. If you want a greater connection with your spouse, if you are tired of feeling stuck in the same old, same old, if you desire to feel the thrill of fun and discovery again, like you did when you first met, we can help. We support couples to reconnect, recharge, and re-engage to pursue their life purpose together. The Marriage Reboot Retreat by Married for a Purpose is a private, intensive experience for you and your spouse working exclusively with Lisa and I for two consecutive full days. At the end of the two days, you will walk away with a unified purpose for your marriage and a holistic vision for your marriage and family supported with a real action plan. If you would like to find out more information about the Marriage Reboot Retreat, you can set up a discovery call with James and I and we will tell you more about it. The link is in the show notes or you can direct message us on Instagram at Art Espousing and we will send you a link to schedule a discovery call. Grant and Stephanie, good to see you guys. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thanks for having us. This is a real honor. A couple of our soon-to-be, I know, favorite people in the yeah. world. We never miss the artist spouse. Uh, that's never. awesome. That's awesome. We really, we really enjoy and get a lot out of your podcast. So it's uh, this is a this is a true honor for us to be here with you guys today. Awesome. Well, we had the privilege of meeting several months ago at a workshop that we were all part of and the training. And Elisa and I just really connected with you guys and love your personalities, love the chemistry you have as husband and wife and what you're doing to really strengthen marriages around the country. So take a minute and just share with us a little bit about your marriage story so we can get to know you a little bit more. Well, uh, I guess kind of sounds goofy, but we're high school sweethearts. We met before high school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, You know, she was the hot girl at was around some of the other guys that I didn't like. So that didn't go over well, but yeah, I think it was our end of our sophomore year. We got together and at a deal they called the spring fling, which you know, all the high schoolers go out. I was injured, so I couldn't do nothing. So I sat up and stand with the band students. And, which was uh, me. I was a band student. And, uh, we started just, you know, the up and down main street thing. And uh, I always say that uh, we were knocked up, but not out. We got our cart before the horse and got married at a very, very early age, 17, going into our senior year. Yeah. So I had a, I had a three month old baby when I graduated from high school. So 
our precious Tracy. Yeah. yeah. So that was, uh, we had a great support group of friends. And uh, so it was, it was a non-traditional way to start a marriage, but we have fought through it for years in terms of just, we always said we weren't going to be that couple that wasn't going to make it just because everybody said we wouldn't. Mm. Right. That's awesome. Now, how long have you guys been married now? Almost 38 years. Yeah. Wow. 38 years. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, 38 years is an incredible achievement. And, you know, obviously you have ups and downs in your marriage and relationship struggles, I'm sure. But we've had several conversations around this idea of self-awareness, couple awareness, knowing each other. So excited to hear some learnings that you've had over the years. Yeah, I think it's interesting that if you would reflect back to when you met in high school, even awareness, you've had a lot of years to learn about each other. Well, before anyone was talking about Enneagram or probably personality assessments with y'all, but uh, (laughs) it's going to be a great conversation. I'm excited about So thank you for joining us. I'd love to just hear what is your Enneagram core type that you identify with? And how did you find out about Enneagram? I found out from our son, uh, they were doing that at their church. And uh, so he came in all excited and, you know, we all had to take our, our tests and everything. <laughs> and uh, I've scored actually different like three times. And this time, though, kind of felt, felt like it's way more of a fit. You know, like, oh, we finally nailed it. And so uh, I'm a three with a two. So I'm a six with a wing five. Yeah, I actually lied. I'm a two. A <laughs> yeah, I was just about to tell you, um, Grant. I, I guess he's not details. So. I knew the numbers. <laughs> I just didn't know what order. What order they are. That's right. That's exactly So right. a two with a three, right three wing and a six with a five wing. That's correct. Yes, yes that's correct. Yeah. Stephanie, do you resonate with that? What is about that that you're like, you know what? This is totally me and this is why. Yeah, actually, it's been very enlightening. It's actually opened up. It's been a great tool to open up a conversation between Grant and I um, as I've been on a journey of really strong in the last five years of personal development and trying to find out how can I better engage with people as a business owner, as a minister, you know, it's not just about doing the X, Y, Z. It's about, is it impactful? And I was realizing that I kept coming up kind of against the same um, walls. And as I began to see this in the Enneagram of what, what my six, what that looks like and what that looks like healthy and what that looks like not healthy and being able to find that I'm okay. I can be okay with the six because I tend to not like that because and Aaron said, this is very six of me (laughs) (laughs) because I, I want to be that more personable, happy, energetic, connectable type person. And a six isn't really that we're, we're devoted, we're dependable, we're responsible, which seems so blah to me. So I think I fought against that for so long, but now as I begin to unpack this at a deeper level, um, I can see where in a healthy state, how that does actually provide some peace and stability in people's lives and how to, how to change the way my approach is with that. And in the process of that, people can experience me different. I think that's been a huge piece of this for me is learning how people experience me as this number. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then being able to see how I can practice that experience being more healthy. I think obviously with any personality, there's strengths with it. And when they are overutilized, they become weaknesses. And so um, the great things about us, if ruling us become not so cute. Okay, Grant, when it finally landed on like, yes, I'm a two, what was your first reaction? I'm going to use far less words. Um, cause that's just the way I am for me. It was just such a, that's why we always struggled. Mm. Like the things that I thought she should just know, this was what I was trying to do for the best of us. And I was just being protective and all this, you know, what I call just man things, um, that 
really, I was smothering her mm. with, with trying to uh, protect her, you know, and she, when she didn't ask to be protected. Yeah, because twos are known to be that word in particular, smothering. And Grant and I both share the same number. So I'm going to be probably just a smidge defensive for him if you don't hear it. <laughs> yeah. So in addition to that, twos are very intuitive and sense needs or sense things, and it makes sense to them. I mean, it's like, duh, I knew that. And so sometimes that intuition isn't so clear to people who see things black and white. Certainly a six is very more concrete. James is the same way as an eight. I just get things and I think that he should get them or see what I'm doing, helping in ways that I'm helping, which sometimes turn into smothering. Yeah. I think it's interesting too, Grant, with you is like when you get to know you and talk to you and even first interactions with you, you don't present like a two. Mm -hmm. And so Lisa, why, why would that be that Grant doesn't present as a two? Well, he presents as assertive. He mm -hmm. is assertive. And so twos aren't known to be assertive, but there are subtypes, social, self-preservation, and one-on-ones. And he's a social two, which would be the most assertive of all twos, in addition to the fact that they mistype as eights, but he is high eight. Right. So with this assessment, it shows you exactly how much eight you have in you, how much four you have in. Like, And so he has a lot of eight in him and he is a wing three, which is Three's a sort of, yeah, so right. he, that makes sense, but that's why you really can't type people like, oh, your first impression isn't always the right guess. Some people stand out like you, James, you kind of stand out. <laughs> right? Yeah, James, you're outstanding. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's not right. what she said. That's not what she said at all. <laughs> Thank you, Stephanie, for helping me. That's exactly what I meant. I meant yeah. you're outstanding. I'm sorry. That's yeah, no, what that means. That that's right. you, you helped it. You helped it. You helped it. Yeah. Okay, so how have you seen ways that, like if you reflect back, because even Grant, you said you could see this would cause some conflict, but maybe Stephanie, ways that you have seen that the combination of six and two and tension points, what is that of your personality maybe showing up stronger or the two of y'all's personalities not blending well? I think probably the top view of that for me would be the way that we would process change. I'm slow to change. I need to think about it. I need to have a lot of details. He doesn't. When he thinks it's the right time and the right move, it's like, why are we waiting for? Mm -hmm. right? What's your problem? Let's go. Um, so that's been probably something that we actually kind of learned before we ever took an Enneagram, which I think leans so strongly to how spot on this assessment really is and what a great tool it is for a married couple. We actually hit on that probably about 10 years ago. We began, the light bulb came on that when I start to sense change and I start to begin to feel that it's not the time for me to run to him and say, Hey, I think we're supposed to do this. Cause he's like, what are you talking about? It's for me to begin to start processing and gathering the information that I need to feel comfortable and secure because security is important to me as a six. Right. And then we learned kind of out of not trying to out of trial and error, when the moment and the opportunity presented itself in that arena that I had been gathering information on, he brought it to the table. And I'm like, wow, I've already been thinking about this for six months. So two things happened. I had security. It wasn't something I had to engage in immediately. He had confirmation that it's time to go. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I think, um, Grant, I think one of the things we talked about too with you is that you can synthesize information and make decisions pretty quick. And I, I know for Lisa and I, I'm, I'm similar the same way that it doesn't take me a long time to kind of get to a decision. So for Lisa, who's also two and high six, 
it takes her a lot longer to get okay with decisions. So the fact that you like learn that early on is a blessing. Grant, do you feel like you do most often come decisions quickly? I come to decisions quickly, but I don't act as quick. It's like, this is what we're going to do. But then I get kind of bogged down in trying to get so much information that, uh, It's like, why did I get such a hurry to jump into quicksand? You know, this don't make sense. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Even though he's a social too, and he has a lot of aid in him, synthesizing information, and probably he could make the decision quickly. Actually executing, that's a different thing, right? So yeah, Mm -hmm. that is exactly right. I think one of the things that I would love to know from you, Grant, as husband, father, how have you seen Stephanie Six or the qualities and strengths of that benefit you in your relationship, but also personally, like I know one of the things I love about the Enneagram is that there's a complementing of the strengths. Sometimes there's a, a rubbing against of some of the weaknesses of each, but there's also a complementing. So where have you seen that strength of the six in your life? For me, there's no doubt. It's the, she dots my eyes and crosses my T's. I don't have to have a lot of details. I will start moving and get bogged down. And I, part of the reason I get bogged down is because I'm not dotting the I's and crossing the T's. So we're not you know, all of a sudden now this becomes a, a problem that we have to deal with. And then that's when I start to doubt, it's just really where we go, you know? And so I'll, I'll just like almost put on the brakes, you know, and like, well, I just better gather tons of information now because Sunday we're working right. And it was really because I wasn't allowing her to do her strength. Yeah. Uh, making sure things are all in line. Stephanie, what about the reverse? What does Grant offer you in his strength areas? Oh, I think no doubt it's security. Um, security and trust are huge for six. And that's always been uh, huge for me. And I've always trusted him. There's never been in 38 years of marriage a point where I didn't trust that no matter what we were going through, I I might be an emotional wreck and we might not have the answer, but deep inside my core, I knew that I could trust him to protect me and to, he would figure it out. Mm. He would figure it out. I've always said he's a problem solver. I don't know if that's part of his Enneagram really there, but it's definitely been huge for me is to know that that security is there and that, you know, it just, it was going to be okay. We were going to be okay because I could trust him. They always had my back. And even if he was frustrated or I was an emotional wreck at that point, there was never a lack of trust. So that was huge for me to allow me to then begin to bridge out and explore the capacity of what my personal growth looked like. Cause I trusted him. He wasn't going to, he wasn't going to walk away from that. That's so good. So actually in Grant's report, it does, he has a lot of six in him. So this loyalty is there, which provides stability. I love how Enneagram does actually, it highlights and gives language to the ways that we come alongside yeah. of one another and strengthen one another, but also some of the hot spots that, like you mentioned, James, they make not a beautiful blending, but a a crazy collision of personality. So I love it. As we are wrapping up, what would you say the one personal thing about yourself, one quality, maybe the one that isn't so great, because we have talked about a lot of positive things, which I do appreciate that about us here, but like one of the qualities that maybe hasn't served you so well and has caused you, tripped you up around your personality. Well, there's more than one. Look, <laughs> <laughs> she's so I honest. I think my inability to actually, and this is one thing I love about Grant because he's so good at this, my inability to really be able to grasp the enjoyment of life um, because that kind of filters into everything. Um, I I don't experience setbacks with negativity very long, but neither do I enjoy the positive very long. Does that make mm, sense? Yeah. Yes. It's it's okay. On to the next thing. And so because of that, I I tend to lose. Uh, was just looking at that today. I have that I have that joy memory loss. <laughs> <laughs> I can't always remember the fun things, and it's important to have fun. And I think that that's really hindered me to 
to the point where that is something I'm working on, actually, you know, when I recognize that in this report, in this assessment is that I need to be able to learn how to be fun. And I think that's definitely been a negative against when I haven't been able to do that. Yeah. And twos are fun loving. They do bring party and fun atmosphere. So Grant, look at us. We're just bringing a party. We are. Yeah. (laughs) Bringing the two party. (laughs) We are are. just uh, the ability to bring levity to a situation, assess and change an environment to shift to a new place. Twos are able to do. So that's very cool. Grant, your thoughts. You did mention smothering, so I, I don't want you to have to dredge up something else about your two-ness, but just your personality in general, one quality that you're like, I have to push past that. The aggression. It's just most of the time anymore, because I've been working on it since probably 2014, it's, it's not a problem on the whole but when it goes, it definitely goes. And uh, so for me, I, I, I was told one time I had a personality on steroids and uh, <laughs> and that was from from doing like a strength fighters test or something. But I, all my qualities or strengths were very aggressive strengths, except for one, which was relater, which I also noticed in the Enneagram. Uh, they use a different word, but it was the same thing. And Stephanie was talking about this morning and it was just it's just underdeveloped because I saw that as a weakness and. Once I realized that that was also one of my strengths, I just had to develop it. it it's really helped tone that down, but it's, it's still a daily, I have to work on that. That's really rich. I'd feel like that's true of all of us. Yeah. I mean, that whatever that shortcoming in under stress can definitely, what I like to say, squirts out. It just comes out. There's no containing <laughs> it. It's just going to come, which is interesting because as twos, if we look across our line, those little lines that go across connects to eight. And when twos are under stress, they go to the worst qualities and demonstrate those qualities of eight that are not cute at all. So it would be aggression, assertiveness, domineering, which which is always surprising because we are fun-loving people. I'm typically a fun-loving person, but under stress with my kids and family, certain people get this special, special Lisa (laughs) 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 moment that when I get stressed, it comes out and it's like, this does not match who I am and what most people see most of the time. And so I totally identify with you in that. However, you being a social too, that probably would be a little bit louder for sure. Right. I know for me, I'm on the opposite side of that. So like, I actually really have to work really hard as an eight to be a relator because like you're, you and I are probably on the opposite sides of that. So your aggression that is probably just under leveraging the empathy in you, that's just natural to me. So I have to actually work really hard to leverage empathy so that I don't come across my natural sort of side. But the way that works in stress, and at least for me, when I'm in a really good place, I'm the fun-loving guy and helper. But it is interesting how those stress points can actually affect how people experience us. Right. I think this is great, rich content. Obviously with Stephanie, because she's just so, you've been working on yourself and in the language of this, but really with you, Grant, that two-part that people always see us as fun-loving and helpful, that it is a shock to people when we actually express a little bit more aggression than they're used to. But I think that this has been a great conversation. Thank you all for taking the time, being with us, sharing your personal lives and stories and relationship. I know it's going to help other people because just bring awareness that having awareness around our personalities helps strengthen us in our marriage relationship for sure. And then obviously our relationships with other people. So yeah, you guys are great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Lisa, one of the tools that we share when we're coaching individuals is a tool called the Know Yourself, Lead Yourself tool. And simply put, it says that we all have tendencies and those tendencies are both natural and are part of 
what's nurtured into us. Tendencies, they influence our actions, and our actions have consequences, and the consequences result in our experience, and more importantly, the way other people experience us. So in the conversation today, we talked a lot about the lines of stress and release. And I really see that those two lines, the lines of stress and release, help us know ourselves better and identify the tendencies we have when we're stressed or we're doing well, right? That's right. The lines of stress and release are so helpful because they let us know and give us red flags for when we're mayday, mayday, watch out, something's about to blow up, or in times that we are actually feeling fruitful and feeling good. I always note when those places are, good and bad, and take some inventory of what's happening around me when things are stressful or when things are great. I know this is a good environment for me to be in, good conversation, good activity, whatever it is. So the lines that crisscross on the Enneagram that make it look a little crazy are actually lines of helping us know and be more aware of ourselves. Yeah, that's one of the things I love about the Enneagram is all the components of it actually play together and give you so much information. So I know when I'm stressed, I know the tendency I have is of the low side of five, which is the withdrawal and the isolate myself. Since I know that, I can be proactive or intentional when I feel stressed and actually move to the strength side of five, correct? That's correct. And the truth is, this is what I've learned about myself. I go in stress to eight and I go to the negative qualities of that. So dictator, sorry, James, (laughs) controlling, I'm maybe a little bit loud, bossy. You can see this probably most often with me in parenting Mm -hmm. is when this comes out, my eight, bad side of eight. However, I have actually leveraged that and flipped it on its head and leveraged some of the strengths about eight as a two. It doesn't have to always rule me. Right. I can actually take advantage of it. Now, it's when I'm acting bad, it's an indicator. There's some things going on around me that I need to take note of. Maybe I need to shut my mouth. Maybe I need to give a three-second, five-second, ten-hour pause. Right. <laughs> but then the other part is I have a I have a low action response. So I get in my head. I can't make decisions. Mm-hmm. And the eight has no problem making decisions. Right. So really, literally, in the last four years, I have been making some decisions. I went back to school. I've made some decisions about yeah. what kind of environment I need to be in at work yeah. and with people and friends. And so I have actually leveraged the line that goes to my negative one. I don't have to live in the land of being a bad eight. I can actually leverage it and have it serve me well. Yeah, exactly. So the Enneagram is such a good tool to lead yourself and to really understand the people that mean the most to us. We hope you found today's episode helpful. Thanks again, Grant and Stephanie, for being on the show. We love you guys, and thank you for taking time to listen today. We would love to hear your thoughts and answer any questions you might have about what we share today. You can email us at hello at artespousing.com or hit us up on Facebook at artespousing. You can also direct message us on Instagram at Art espousing. That's right. I said art espousing a lot. Art espousing, espousing. It's a lot of espousing. So if you found this episode helpful, we would love it if you let your friends know by sending them a link to the show. You can also help other people find the show by rating the podcast and leaving us a review. We want to invite you back next week. We're going to be talking about one of the most common tension areas in marriage. We're going to be talking about sex again? No. Oh. No, no, and a big fat no. We're going to be talking about money, money, money. Okay, money. That's good. Yeah. Okay, have a great week, and we will see you next time on the Artist Spousing Podcast. Until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye.